Let's do this. This thing on. You're locked on to the Saturday show. Saturday. With Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch. On 97.5, 1280. The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network. Enjoy the show. Hour number two of the Saturday show here at Ashley Furniture Home Store, 1773 South, 300 West. Come by and see us. We'll tell you about more of the deals they've got coming up later on. But they've got uh, lots of them come by, say hi. They say come in and talk to them. I've had lots of customers come by testing out the furniture here yes. for some clearance deals. So make sure you come on down. I got to wander over and check out that clearance you section. You do. You have been uh, given an uh, instructions by the missus, by Mrs. Hatch, yeah. to uh, get on the furniture shop. She's uh, well. It's not a get on the furniture shop. No, that, she wants me to just keep an eye out for she, stuff. She, uh, yeah, she. But implied that she would like some new furniture at home. Her birthday's coming up, so I'm sure it's coming at some point. Happy birthday <laughs> to still, your lovely wife away. and mother of your great children. My son, Adrian. Yes, it's June today, June first. Uh huh. My son's gonna be one this month. He's think be about that. Twelve months old. Yeah. They're not going with 12 months. Stop it with that. Yeah, no, I'm, I don't like it when people I have a, He's I, 63 months. No, no, no. I had, so no, cute. I legitimately, Adrian, I was in line for something. I, it was at Disneyland when I was on vacation. And this lady, these two uh, ladies in front of us were talking about their sons. And the one lady said, how old is he? And obviously, three or four-year-old. Mm-hmm. She says, he's like, I, I think she said like 38 months. And I about fell out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, we need to stop. I don't know how many months old I am. He's three. He's three years old. Just go with three years old. Let's yes. just do that. Uh, isn't it easier just to say? Yes, a it, smaller number. It, it should be. Anyways, that's. A I'm not topic. a father though, so it's I. It's a topic know. for another. I mean, I'm 348 months old, Jake. You just did the math. <laughs> nice. No, I've I've got I got a two and a half year old and almost a one year old. That's wow, that's fun. With. That's crazy. Yep. Oh, I mean, I saw it. Lloyd's son Xavier came in and he's like running around talking. I was like, oh, man, yeah. I remember when you were yep. just a newborn. Yep. How time true. flies. Anyway, speaking of time flying, it's almost college basketball season again. No, not really. But uh, the news is that a lot of these local guys are coming back. You uh-huh. Childs, uh, Nevis Ketcha, the big names, uh, Tillman up at Utah, and uh, uh, Harding up Jared there at Carden, Weber, yeah. Star- uh, Weber, Star- Weber State. Weber uh, State. And who better to talk about their impact? Then Ken Pomeroy, the college basketball analyst and maestro over at KenPom.com. He was on with DJ and PK. Now they're going to start this interview. PK is going to ask him a question. And the backstory here is last year in March, <laughs> um, as Ken always well, not does. not even last year in March, just this past or March. Or this, yeah. this past March for Three March Madness. Yeah. For March Madness. Ken always comes in from 10 to noon to break down the brackets and uh, talk about what teams he likes, doesn't like. Mm-hmm. And as he was waiting down there at the door, uh, DJ after the show had was heading out, and Ken was standing there, and he told oh. Ken to go around and go to security. Who are you? How dare you even try to get in? He had no idea who Ken Pomeroy didn't was. Even, didn't know who he looked, what he looked like. Didn't even ask what he was doing. Didn't even ask. Just said, "Hit the bricks, pal. <laughs> get out of here." And uh, so the start of this interview, PK brings that back up, and they have a really funny exchange. So here's that conversation from earlier in the week on DJ and PK. All right, time to talk with Ken Pomeroy from KenPom.com. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Ken, good morning. Good morning, guys. Yeah, it was a pretty amazing uh, weekend of college hoops. Do you feel validated? 
You've got a bunch of decimal points, a bunch of numbers, and they have Virginia ranked first, Michigan State third, Texas Tech fifth, and Auburn 11th. It's not a bad Final Four right there. Oh, it's pretty good. Oh, okay. Hey, we'll be right. We'll get right back to that. A little bit of a that was one during the tournament. That was. We need the one from last week. That's I th- okay. I think that one actually, that one I think came up, and they actually talked about in that in that interview as well about DJ, ignore like telling Ken to hit the brakes and walk around. Yeah, so, that's funny. Yeah, so but we'll we'll get you into that one real quick in here in just a second. But yeah, big impact to these guys coming back. We talked. What is the school who should be most excited about the guy coming back? Do you B- think? I think BYU. You think? Because you have, I say I think it's Utah State. Well, Utah State obviously, but I think Utah State was already set to have a pretty good year if Nemius Keta still uh, stayed in the draft. They still had a lot of really, pieces. They had the expectations as well. Mm. I think BYU their expectations just got ramped up a lot because Yoli is coming back. There was no expectation that he was coming back. All for all intents and purposes, up until he decided to pull his name out mm. of the draft the day of the deadline, he was all in on going pro. So who makes their team better, though, of the two? Um, it's a good question. So I think Keta makes them automatically back into a tournament team, whereas BYU, they're going to have to scratch and claw to get into well, the tournament. Well, Keta's a true rim protector. Mm-hmm. He, he's, a, he's got some offensive. He's got some offensive game, but he, he can protect the rim better than Yoli Childs. Keta is all of six foot eleven, seven feet tall. Yoli Childs is six seven, six eight. Like BYU is going to struggle on the front line. They don't have a lot of guys who can play along their front line. So it... Man, it's a, it's a great question. It's kind of what you what what are you looking for? But I'm with you. Keta, his ability to protect the rim and also contribute on the offensive end, I think he what Utah State's trying to do. And I and I think I don't know. He he makes them expectation tournament got to get back. Oh, absolutely. No, they're going to be Mountain West favorites. Absolutely. All right, let's get back out to the zone phone. Sprint <laughs> special guest line with Ken Pomeroy, who was on with DJ and PK earlier this week. Ken Pomeroy, KenPom.com joins us now. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lisa in a handset, get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Ken, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. So, Ken, let me start by saying, do you know what I look like? <laughs> I do, I do. And if, uh, if you're standing outside my... Office, I would let you in. So, and secondly, do I know what you look like? I feel like you do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Considering we've interacted dozens of times, yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> I'm finally innocent on that. I have not interacted with Ken dozens of times. I've sat and watched ball games with Ken. I've not. And we've chatted up. So. Hey, hit the bricks, pal. I. I know what Ken Pomeroy, KenPalm.com, like every coach and pretty much everybody, and you see it in all the major publications, according to KenPalm.com, well, this guy lives in our own community, and he's coming in, volunteering his time, I think, to do a show. Was I told that? No. Oh, well, we got to tell you everything. So, yes. So I mean, was he lurking like a stalker so at the if, door? If Tiger Woods Very shows up, shifty. Oh, how about this? If Johnny Miller shows up, he's in retirement. He lives in the community. If he shows up and he's going to come guest doing a guest appearance, Johnny, take your artificial <laughs> hip and limp around the corner. <laughs> they got cameras on us everywhere. Which, by the way, is a fact. So he thinks. What did you think? Ken Palm was a terrorist or something? You I honestly, sure? I didn't know it was him. <laughs> There it is. 
Ken, on behalf of the entire Miller organization, I apologize. Ken, do you want to talk or do you just want to stay on the phone and listen to PK and I? Because you could probably just listen to us on the radio and walk around the block, you know, get your steps in. Is there anything I can do. do for you, Ken, to make up for this grievance disrespect? You let me know. Okay. I, I appreciate that, PK. Yeah. I, hey, I, you know, I enjoy everything. Uh, Everything you guys do for me, and uh, you know, happy to be on the show. But I'm I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that you guys, or at least PK, acknowledges the of course the gross error that was made on that day. Oh, I was, <laughs> I was embarrassed. I, I mean, I couldn't even show my face for like two weeks. <laughs> you know what's funny is that I have a, a similar story. PK was actually there and witnessed this, but. Uh, you know, when we were in Vegas, uh, yes. Utah athletic director. I was a little embarrassed for you then, Ken. <laughs> I basically assumed he was like the, uh, you know, the part of the cleaning crew down there. I, I, <laughs> yeah. So, so I've been there. I've been there. I know what it's like. So Harlan comes up and he wants, and I'm sitting there eating with Ken and he wants to give, Harlan wants to give me crap about ASU, you know, cause we have that going back and forth. Cause he went to the U of A. <laughs> and Ken says, uh yeah, who are you? <laughs> I work for the University of Utah. Oh, what do you do? Uh, I'm the athletic director. Uh, come on, Kenny. <laughs> so you're not alone, DJ. Thank goodness. I'm gonna stare at your Wikipedia photo for hours. It's like facial recognition. I'm gonna memorize this. Oh, brother. You people, I can't take you anywhere. Nope, you really can't. <laughs> you really can't. All right, Ken. So, we're having you on partly so PK can make fun of me because, you know, that's really the goal of the show, as you know, because you're local and you listen. And also because four local schools are getting four players back from the NBA draft, and you have the, uh, you have the data. You have the numbers. How much does this improve these teams? What kind of game changers are they? Did these teams turn from 15 wins into 23, or they they went from 12 to 18, or they went from 20 to 28? I mean, what do you, what kind of impact is this going to have? Yeah, I, I have an exclusive for uh, for the the DJ and, and PK show. Uh, my computer has been working overnight, cranking out some uh, preseason ratings for next season based on all these decisions and transfers and all the player movement, and, uh, and so I have this information kind of at my fingertips. So I, I'm going to throw this back to you a little bit. Uh, where, where do you think my computer has, let's say, Utah State rated right now? We were just, Make your bids. Yeah, uh, I'll say uh, 21. PK? We'll go 21, and let's see, I'm trying to guess by the tone of Ken Palm's voice. Four. Uh, four, wow. <laughs> well, his tone was kind of leading me on there a little bit. I will say 18. 48. 48. 48. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, Utah State's going to be interesting next year. Obviously, they have, you know, Kate is coming back. That's huge. And Sam Merrill is, uh, you know, going to be one of the best players in the league. They were also one of the most surprising teams in the country last year, which typically those teams don't you know, go ahead and make like another jump, you know, the following season without some sort of additional talent coming on board. And uh, that's not the case with the Aggies. So, it's, you know, they're the clear favorite in the Mountain West, which you, if, if Cater didn't come back, it would have been a little more murky. So they are, they are the clear favorite in the league that is, uh, you know, 
as we know, kind of struggling in recent seasons. But still a team that uh, probably heading into the season we should think of more as a, a team that needs to really kind of grind it out to get back into the tournament as opposed to on pace for like a you know a four or a five seed, which uh, I suspect might be the expectation of Aggie fans based on what happened in Craig Smith's first season. How much we've seen this in the NBA as far as big men not being as important. How about in the college game? I think that's a little bit different in the college game just because there's uh, you know a wider distribution of talent. So uh, if you have a guy like Kata who's just a you know a, a really good rim protector and he has some uh, offensive skill as well, uh, you know just the, the size and, and length advantage that he's going to have over most opponents, especially in the Mountain West, which is not you know a high end elite league, um, you know that can make a, a pretty big difference. It's not you can still you know floor spacing I guess is not as critical in the college game as it is in the NBA game, just because you can have guys who just overwhelm the opposing team uh, in terms of athleticism and physicality. And if you have that, um, you, know, you don't need a bunch of great three-point shooters. So Utah State got back into the NCAA tournament, but Utah and BYU didn't. Now they both welcome guys back, but as they look at them, I don't think I'd peg either one of them as an NCAA tournament team right now. And I would argue, and you might be just the exact guy to explain this to us, I'd argue that the West Coast Conference is the toughest league to make the tournament in because Gonzaga's got a 75 or 80% chance of winning the tournament every year. And it's really hard to get a large bit out of that league. So these other nine teams, that's a pretty small target. If they were in a worse league, at least they'd have a better shot of getting the automatic bid. And if they're in a better league, they'd have a better shot in a large bid. How much hope is there for BYU and Mark Pope's first year to go to the NCAAs? Yeah, that's a great point. I think we've maybe even discussed this before, how uh, you know the conference is not it's not it's not set up well to get in that large bid because you you, know, you need to beat Gonzaga and they're so good that you can't beat them. And then there's just not a lot of other like quality wins in the league. Obviously, St. Mary's qualifies, but after that, you know, there's just a lot of like potholes in the league. You know, like you lose to San Francisco and you might lose to them on the road. Like they're a decent team, but it's not a a game that uh, the committee's going to look at and be like, oh yeah, that, you know, it's okay to lose that game. Like they're going to hit you pretty hard for that, and that has always kind of been the downfall of the Cougars here in recent years. So, um, uh, you know, it's obviously an exciting time there with Mark Pope coming on board. I mean, it's really a, a great situation for for BYU to be able to hire a coach like that. I think that's always the you know was always a concern about who would who would succeed Dave Rose there, and uh, you know Mark Pope had obviously you know just shown some some good things at UVU. So. Um, pretty easy hire to make uh and getting child back is huge i mean it does i think make them a player getting in that large bit i my computer says they're 64th to start the season so you know it's in that range where you can so they're in do some damage <laughs> 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 not quite how it not quite how it works but uh but it's you know it's it does give them some hope and bring jake toolson over is uh, a boon as well because they've you know the last certainly last year i mean it's like who is the third scorer going to be you have Haas and you have Childs, and then it's like who's that third guy, and they ne- it never really develops. But Toulson could be that guy. I, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he, he makes the jump up in level. But, uh, you know, there's some reasons for optimism there. Certainly way more optimism than there was, you know, 24 hours ago when, uh, as far as I knew, like, Childs was, gone. was long gone. So, so you know, the best recruiting job for Mark Pope so far, obviously, has been uh, what he did with Yoli. Yeah, absolutely, man. That was a stunner. Uh, when I found out about that, that uh, he was even – when I found out he was even considering it – I thought, wow, that is really out of left field. I thought he was a total goner. And, yeah, I think with uh, Coach Pope and his staff, that is 
That's the best recruiting job. That's the biggest thing he can point to is getting Childs to come back. You speak of Gonzaga, and they had five guys, I think, put their names in the early draft, and uh, three of them are going to stay in Clark, Hachimura, and Norvell. And Tilling's coming back to school. And then you had uh, Petrusive uh, deciding to stay. So what are your numbers showing as far as Gonzaga? Yeah, they're, they should be you know, great again. I mean, you don't really even need a computer to, uh, you know, obviously pencil them in to, to win the league and be a top 10 team. So uh, the computer has them at ninth right now. I mean, they're really, you know, loaded with kind of front court talent. And then uh, they were able to get Adam Gilder, a uh, kind of a uh, – Transfer from Texas A&M, grad transfer point guard who uh, will help them in the backcourt. So, uh, you know, this team's not quite as loaded as last year. Obviously, you lose Hachimura and Clark. I mean, those are two of the best players in the country. Zach Norvell was, you know, an outstanding kind of perimeter threat for them. So, um, you know, they lose a lot of guys, but uh, they just reload, especially, you know, with, I mean, Mark Few really knows how to kind of work the transfer market now. And, uh, you know, obviously it's going to have some under, uh, you know, unheralded recruits coming in, but, uh, you know, still, as I said, some, some really good kind of front court talent as well, both as a freshman and then the, the returning guys you mentioned in Tilly and Petrusive. So, uh, yeah, I got them ninth right now. I got St. Mary's 20th. So, uh, um, you know, that's the top of the league. And uh, those two teams, uh, you know, should be should be pretty high seeds as, uh, you know, certainly Gonzaga is every year and, and St. Mary's is, you know, just about two out of every three years. So uh, no, no real changes at the top of the WCC. It's uh, once again, you know, pretty clear hierarchy of Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and BYU. All right, so let's get to it. The Pac-12, the Utes, 100 and what, 200 and what. How hard is your computer dissing a Power 5 league? Well, they are clearly the, the worst of the uh, – we call them Power 6 now in basketball right. because, you know, the, you know, the Big East is uh, – Pretty pretty decent league, and uh, you know year in year out better than the Pac-12. So it seems kind of weird to refer to a Power Five in the in the basketball realm when you have the Big East that's better than some of those leagues. But um, uh, Utah right now I got 94th, uh, eighth. That's the eighth best team in the conference. Actually, I have no Pac-12 team in the top 25 at the moment. Arizona is the highest at 26. So uh, not even Washington, huh? No, uh, I don't. I mean, Washington obviously has a you know a really good recruiting class and. Uh, they do bring in uh, Quade Green from Kentucky, who will be eligible uh, for the second semester. But they lose, you know, they lose Matisse Thybul, who was, you know, maybe the best defender, on-ball defender in the in the country. Um, and then they lose Jalen Noel as well. So uh, a lot to make up for there. So I have Washington 79th, which uh, sounds low and might be low, but I, I I would be really skeptical of them being a, a you know, a top 25 team. I could see them duplicating what they did last year and get in as a, what, an eight seed or whatever it was. But, um, yeah, I'm a little a little skeptical about the, the resurgence of Washington just yet. I mean, Mike Hopkins is obviously building a nice foundation there, but maybe another year away before they become, a you know, kind of a legit, uh, you know, national power. How do you do this? How does it work with your computer system here when you're trying to figure out the impact these freshmen are going to have? Because obviously a school like Arizona is bringing in a big recruiting class. they got a lot of guys who are well thought of. Uh, We know Pace Mannion from his media work up here in Salt Lake and his son Nico Mannion's in that class. How do you figure them out? And how much do you trust the numbers yourself at this point? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't trust them to the precision of, you know, you know, Arizona is going to be exactly 26 or whatever. But I, it is just designed to be kind of a starting point to get teams in the right neighborhood to start the season. So, you know, when I have uh, a list of teams on my site and have the ratings, like, uh, you know, they're somewhat, uh, you know, they pass the, the laugh test, I guess you could call it. You know, you just look at them and you don't just laugh hysterically at how bad they are. Uh, so that's that's the goal. And, yeah, the, I mean, it's really tough. You know, I... I remember, you know, a decade ago, uh, um, someone asked me about doing preseason ratings for college basketball, and I was like, "No, oh, that's not that's not possible." <laughs> so much player movement, and uh, as you said, like, what? How can you quantify these freshmen? It's like that's a crazy idea. But then, you know, started thinking about it a couple of years and started working on it, and yeah, you know, you come up with something, you know, halfway respectable. Um, but it is tough with the freshmen, especially because so many freshmen, like, they just don't. They don't contribute that much their first year. You know, a lot of times you're, you know, the freshmen you recruit are kind of investments in your program two or three years down the line, and not necessarily, uh, you know, they don't have an impact in that first season. So that is a struggle. It's a struggle for teams. You know, Washington we mentioned something. Memphis this year. I mean, they're a team that has not been good the last three years, and then they end up with a a really nice recruiting class. Um, you know, it's a challenge for the for my algorithm to kind of catch up to that. Um, but the, you know, the one other thing this year about recruits is that there's really not, even though we talk about, hey, this school had a great class or this school had a great class, of the top ten recruits, no, no single school has more than one in the top ten right now. Uh, we Kentucky has the tenth and eleventh best recruits, but you know, in the top ten, everybody has one, or there was, you know, this kid R.J. Hampton who elected to go play in Australia instead of go to college, so he was um, he's going, you know, to no college, but. Um, there isn't a you know there isn't a school that really dominated the the recruiting trail this year, so that kind of I think opened things up a little bit more too next year for you know who's going to be a, a great team. How about JC transfer kids? You apply that same type of logic as you do with the freshmen? No, JC transfer kids. So unless they have a previous uh, season in Division One, they are invisible to my system. Uh, there's just so little data on some of those players. Some some you know it's. Uh, the land, the JC landscape is pretty fascinating. I mean, there's there's just such a wide variety of quality. You know, there's some really great schools that keep stats meticulously, and then there's some other schools where you know you basically get like points per game and uh, and nothing else. And and the level of competition varies wildly from you know league to league. So that's uh, an area I have have ignored. And uh, obviously, it's still an important issue but i think with the you know the way that the the d1 transfers have, have increased and the grad transfers have uh, become so critical it seems like the that you know juco kids largely play less of a role and certainly in power conference programs ken pomeroy joining us kenpom.com have you ever tried to uh apply your system uh, to the nba in the regular season to the nba in the playoffs how accurate is it there's so much more data there yeah, there's more data and there's less. Um, yeah, there are fewer issues, obviously, with schedule strength. Um, so you have more games and you have you don't have to worry about as much anyway. Um, you know, the quality of opponents, which is a kind of a big deal, obviously, in college. You can't you can't compare Gonzaga's record to Duke's record every year because there's a, a wide disparity in, in the quality of opponents. But um, yeah, I mean, there's. You know, the NBA market is so well covered online. It's kind of, you know, people ask me about getting into other sports and things like that, and it's like, I'm doing college basketball. I would love to dive into other sports, but 
most people, you know, most sports have pretty much been covered by somebody, uh, you know, like myself working on it. And uh, so I just kind of uh, just kind of stay in my lane, DJ. All right. I'm wondering, you know, with all this stuff, with this uh, FBI stuff, if you've you talked to a lot of people, you don't have to tell us, but have you heard some stuff that would raise your eyebrow of what's going on in the game? Yeah, I think, you know, if you're in the media at all covering college basketball, you have, you know, it's just like one of those accepted practices i guess you know you, you understand like you hear stories never is never like super specific but you obviously hear oh yeah you know that's how this coach got this guy you know and uh i mean that's been going on for for years um yeah it's uh i mean it's always like especially this year obviously with it all coming out you know and and the fbi trial happening it kind of makes you you know, reflect on why why you you cover this game because there's obviously the at the core of college basketball is really great. Like the competition I really love. I love watching you know players kind of come into their own and succeed on a you know larger stage, and that is that is really cool, and that will never stop being cool. But there's obviously on the outside of that uh, a lot of corruption and just gross things happening that you're like. Yeah, I wish I wish the sport was, I wish there was you know just a little more purity on the outside, and not necessarily purity in terms of the amateurism thing, because I do think part of the issue is that the NCAA is just so inflexible on that that obviously there's a lot of money involved in the sport, and you know the shoe companies kind of fill the void, and that's why uh, we have this messy situation. But uh, there's no doubt, like the season certainly. I think if you cover the game and you have any like you know, ability to think more deeply about what you're doing. I think a lot of people are kind of thinking about, wow, this is really a kind of a, on the outside, certainly a lot of gross things happening in the sport. Ken, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. All right. On that down note, guys, thanks a lot. Enjoy chatting with you. (laughs) Well, it was better that than me not recognizing you at the door. I'm staring at your Wikipedia photo. My facial recognition Just software is do, locking it do in. Send him a Christmas card with you and the puppy and everything so he would know what you look like each year. <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> there you go, Ken Palm. Uh, Ken Pomroy there on with DJ and PK. Always fascinating stuff when it comes to the numbers surrounding college basketball. Yep. Uh, Utah State, 48th and his. Uh, Highest Pac-12 team was Washington out of the top 25, so yeah. a lot of interesting stuff there. And BYU 64, yeah. probably a little lower than some BYU fans think, and then Utah in the 90s. Yep, so according to his numbers, there's got a lot of work to do in lo- local college basketball. All right, uh, we're here at the Ashley Furniture Home Store, 1773 South, 300 West. Make sure you come in and see us in the clearance section. They've got a clearance blowout going for up to 90% off certain merchandise back there. So go walk through. I just through. walked over there during it's the last huge. break. Yeah. And I actually saw some stuff 90% off. Yeah. So go in. That's that's nine zero, not one yeah. nine. No. Nine zero, ninety percent 90% off. Uh-huh. So make sure you go by. You also come in for a free comfort test on the most recommended bed in America and receive a $25 gift card. So you can come on 
get that gift card. And also, they've extended Memorial Day savings. And you can also finance your purchase for up to six years with no interest or take advantage of the no credit needed lease option. So come in, talk to someone here. They will get you squared away on your new furniture. Just talk to a woman who's here for something for her, for her son, for her, mm-hmm. for everyone else in her family. She's been tripping around. So the... she's going all yeah. around. So come in and say hi to us. We've still got jazz shirts and hats available. All right. Uh, we'll have more next here on The Saturday Show. Wake up, gentlemen. This, let's get you some, is The Saturday Show with Jake Hatch. Good homegrown talent. And Adrian Lizer. On 97.5 and 1280. The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Welcome on back to The Saturday Show. Will Smith has done incredible work with these rejoins. (laughs) They're just awesome. Anyway, thanks for joining us. We're here live on location today at Ashley Furniture, the home store here on 17th South, roughly 300 West. You can't miss it. Come on by, say hi. Got plenty of jazz gear still to give away, and we'd love to see you guys come out and check everything out. So thanks again for joining us, and I'm Jake Hatch. He's Adrian Leiser, and Adrian... Yes, Jake. Let's talk some NBA basketball. Okay, I love the NBA. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski uh, throwing out a Woj bomb earlier this week and uh, saying that Daryl Morey, the general manager of the Houston Rockets, has essentially made uh, the entirety of his roster available via trade. Mm Mm-hmm. And also news coming out as well that uh, Mike D'Antoni, who had been hoping to get a contract extension with the club, he's going into the final year of his deal, will not get that contract extension, and he'll be coaching one more year before presumably moving on. What's going on in Houston? It sounds like um, there's some stuff I agree with, some stuff I don't agree with, with yeah, okay. their approach. It sounds like their new this new owner, who is very outspoken and very loud, has come in and started to decided to rattle some cages. And uh, he's been very outspoken about how uh, ticked off he is that they lost again at home. And uh, he wants to make his mark on the Houston Rockets as Mm -hmm. the new owner. And it sounds like that's part of where the directive is going from top to bottom. Now, does that make them better? That's the question. Now, I think to say that everyone on the roster is up for sale, if the trade makes you better, you do it. Yeah. And I think that's where I agree. I think every team should have that approach. If you can trade somebody to make your team better, even if he's your star player, you do that trade. LeBron James could be traded tomorrow. If it made the Lakers better, they should do it. If the Jazz had to trade a major piece to get better, they should do it. I think every team should do it. If their goal is to actually win a title, it's to make your team as best it possibly can be. But I look at Houston in their particular circumstance. You are looking at paying there's, Chris Paul. They're they're in so much trouble. Is it hundred some odd million over the he next three like years? He makes like forty eight million dollars next year, something like that. It's it's an astronomically high number for a guy who's thirty four years old is breaking down. And Mike D'Antoni, I know that he wants to continue coaching, but if they're really going to revamp this roster and essentially gut it in a way. Maybe he's okay saying, yeah, I'll coach one more year yeah. and then do whatever else. I'll go find another team to go coach for a They're year. They're certainly in cap hell. And if they can't offload Chris Paul's contract, which I would guess that the whole point of the Woj bomb and sending the information to Woj so that he could tweet it out is to let people know Chris Paul's for sale. I, right? I can and, see that. And, a tra- and, and, to get a trade, and to get a trade out of Houston for Chris Paul, that's what they are going to try to focus on. Now, there's only, 
I mean, is the chances are that no one takes it, but yeah, maybe I they're mean, You'd have to be a team. I don't think I don't think he's bad. I actually think Chris Paul is still a very good player. He's a good he's player, just absolutely. Certainly, uh, less than what he was as mm-hmm. a star in this league. Yes. Now, could he make a team good? Like if he, if the Lakers took on his contract, I think that they would be a better team. Absolutely, yeah, I would agree with you on that. Yeah. If he was traded to the Lakers, but that's just an astronomically high number for a guy that you yeah, can't. True, and that's the reason they're in such yeah where they are right and now. And I'm with you. I. Th- <laughs> That's true. That is true. That's a good point. T- Tillman Fertitta is, of course, his name. He owns casinos and just is tossing out money right and left. Well, he's also, I think, the T- Fertitta brothers, He, him and his brothers are all in business together. Actually, they own the UFC, I believe, as well. Like, So they've got plenty of holdings, in mm-hmm. the both in the business and also the sports realm. But I'm with you. I think that Daryl Morey saying that is trying to get, I think, I think he sees uh, the end for Chris Paul, and I mean, I don't mean like it's going to come to a screeching halt, but he sees him declining at a yeah. precipitous rate and wants to get that money off of the books and it's revamp this so roster. Much money. But you're going to have to get a team that is essentially already saying, hey, we're okay being in the lottery next year to yeah. take on that contract. Yeah. They're have to, they have to reach the salary floor or whatever. I, I just don't see what uh, Houston's doing. But relating it to the Utah Jazz, you mentioned it just barely. I actually respect... Um, Maury's willingness to go out and revamp this roster. I think he has seen his team climb and climb and climb and just run into the same issues they've faced for the last three or four years, and he wants to try something new. Mm-hmm. I don't think James Harden is on the table in, in all reality. You'd have to offer something. Well, that's the thing. He's not untouchable. He's not untouchable. If the Warriors said, hey, you want Steph Curry for James Harden, the Rockets yeah. are saying we'll take Steph Curry. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, he's yeah. yeah, absolutely. But I just I look at it and it's looking at the Utah Jazz here locally. We're all hoping the Utah Jazz go out and get a guy like a De- Tobias Harris. We're gonna hear from Keith. Is it Pompey? Yeah. Uh, from Philadelphia, he's, he covers that team out there. Yep. Later on on today's show, they want to get a guy like that. But if you can get a guy, and we talk all the time on all the shows here on the Zone Sports Network about the. Utah's inability to attract higher-level free agents for whatever reason. If you can get a guy like that via trade, yeah, you make that deal, but it has to work out for your team as well. I'm with you, Adrian. If you you have a star on your team, but you can get a better star, a bigger star, yes, you make that deal. Mm -hmm. So I respect that Daryl Morey's willing to blow up what is a good team. There's no doubt about it. We we talked about before the postseason started with the late run that Houston made. Are they the second best team in the league? And of course they faced off against the Warriors in the second round and were swept aside. But I feel like Daryl Morey is doing what every GM in the in the NBA should have the mentality of each offseason, if that makes sense. Yep. Be willing to remake your totally. roster if you can do it. I think too many of these GMs are so worried about their own jobs that they're they're hesitant to go all in like this. I mean, we're watching it in Toronto. They got lucky. They obviously got one of the top best players in yeah, the NBA. Absolutely, they took a risk on one year. Maybe he leaves, but maybe they get a title out. Of I it. I still think he might leave. I do too. I I think he's going to. I'm going to play for the Clippers. Maybe he brings them a title, and it was a hundred percent worth it because you can if you get one title in franchise history, you are you're a legend. You're an 
NBA champion. Your team is an NBA champion. As the GM, you put together the team that became a champion, even yeah. if you're not a Masai Ujiri, yeah, absolutely. Like, it, legitimately, you you probably you might see Kawhi Leonard have a statue outside of Toronto for one season. For one worth season. Of work. And, all, and those <laughs> Raptors fans are going to talk about, if they win, they're going to talk about the 2019 Finals for the next 60 years. Yeah, absolutely. I root for a team that has never won a Super Bowl and maybe never will. I would trade everything for one title and never – if I could cheer for one Super Bowl team and never have a title for the rest of my life as a you'd fan, okay with I would be okay with that. So if Minnesota, if they went all in one at one time – One time you'd be in okay. my lifetime, I would be okay with it. Wow. I would. That's the kind of fan I am. I just – I would like to see one win. Okay. Now, if they, if they go on and win multiple, great. Well, see, but I, do you want to go your whole life without a title? My NFL no. team has won five. Have they won one since mm. 1994? No. They were the team of the 80s, the yeah. San Francisco 49ers. So I get where you're coming from. I I just look at what's going on with Houston and Daryl Morey's willingness. And I understand, go for it. I'm with you. Will, yeah. I understand that Morey's probably in a different situation than some GMs are because he's got an established track record and he's not going to lose his job tomorrow mm-hmm. for making a trade. There are other GMs in this league, if they were to make a certain trade, they probably do lose their job. So. Mm-hmm. He's got a little bit different circumstance, but I do respect his uh, willingness to say, guess what? We have tried, tried, and tried some more. This isn't working. Let's try something else. Yep, totally agree. I'm hoping the Utah Jazz, they're willing to, to do that as well. If you can upgrade your roster and you have to make a move that maybe is unpopular in the moment, and but it makes you better, go for it. Yep. Exactly. I'm totally with you. All right, coming up on the other side, it's time for five minutes of soccer with Jay Catch, Talon Chapel, and myself involved in just because hey, I'm there. It's still 1-0 in the Champions League. We're coming up on the final. Hoorah. Here. We'll talk about that coming up next. That's here. Open wide for some soccer! The Continental Soccer Association is coming to Springfield. It's all here. Fast kicking, low scoring, and ties. <laughs> you bet. Hey, Dad, how come you never taken us to see a soccer game? I don't know. You'll see all your favorite soccer stars, like Ariaga, Ariaga 2, Bariaga, Aruglia, and Pizza. Oh, I never heard of those people. And they'll all be signing autographs. Woo-hoo! This match will determine once and for all which nation is the greatest on earth, Mexico or Portugal. <laughs> oh, welcome back. Zone Sports Network Saturday show here. Uh, Will Smith oh, making gosh. the magic happen back in studio. Uh, Major Lies with Jake Hatch. And it's time, as you can hear, for five minutes of soccer with Jake and Talon. As they will regale you with tales of the pitch. I'm depressed. As RSL and the Tottenham Hotspur are on the losing end of things this week. Well, but uh, let you guys, I think, I don't know. I don't yeah, remember. so I'm a Tottenham Hotspur fan. They're playing the Champions League. Anyway, go right ahead, now. fellas. I'll step out of this Liverpool one. is leading 2-0 in the first minute of extra time. Looks like Liverpool is going to take home the Champions League title. Credit to them, but unfortunate for my Spurs. That they have, uh, they're gonna fall short. But hey, it is what it is. But RSL tonight, Mike Pecky returning for the first time since being unceremoniously fired as the head coach of the New York Red Bulls. He returns to Red Bull Arena as the head coach of Real Salt Lake. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, he's not going into that game with a four-game winning streak because nope. they uh, 
fell pretty hard in Montreal. They had a late surge, but they should have been a lot yes. better from the beginning. No, of that they, yeah, the, and granted, they had kind of a as you mentioned, they're playing a, a pretty rough stretch where they have a lot of games in not so many days. Uh, kind of a B team out there yep. uh, that uh, relinquished a goal at, on the very last kick of the first half. That really, I think, was the killer. Uh-huh. It was. Uh, RSL really should have been able, especially as as soon as that goal was scored, or excuse me, no, before uh, I'm taking it in the first half uh, after weathering a the first couple minutes where yes. Montreal could have scored two or three Probably times. Probably should have scored. In, 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 the first, in the first five or six minutes. Yeah. RSL was the better team for the remainder of that first half, but uh, couldn't find the back of the net and then nope. and then just got lazy on the very last minute of the first half and uh, got scored on. And then uh, Sam Johnson was able to find one in, in the later stages of the second half, but unfortunately they needed two. Yep, they did. So uh, tonight will be interesting. They play at 5 o'clock Mountain Times. Uh, you can catch it on KMYU, the KSL TV app, or KSL.com. I'm interested to see this because Mike Pecky has really downplayed his return to New York. He coached there for two years, Adrian. Okay. Uh, he grew up in that area, played for what was at that time the New York, New Jersey Metro Stars. Metro Stars. He's become the New York Red Bulls now. Uh, so he's a guy who's from the area, grew up there. He's been a member of that club twice, both as a player and a coach. But he's really downplayed his return to Red Bull Arena there in Harrison, New Jersey. I think that uh, his team, speaking of RSL, is going to try and go out there and make a statement for him. I think that that plays into it. But uh, So David James and I host DJ and Yawk Soccer Talk, and we posted a podcast of it yesterday. And we had a good he had a good point, speaking of DJ, saying that Emotion can carry you through so much of that match, but it can't carry you for all 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. At some point, that match itself is going to have its own script written, and RSL is going to have to control that. Because as you heard Talon just say, they had an opportunity in Montreal. They weathered an early storm, then went down 1-0, 2-0, and then tried to storm back. Unfortunately, they couldn't do it. If they can get a point or three points tonight, I think we go a long way to helping them really have some momentum going into your favorite thing, Adrian, an international break. Ah. Three weeks of no soccer officially for MLS. What's reasons. the international break? The Gold Cup. Oh, right. You were telling me about that. Yep, the Gold Cup. The, it's the competition within a competition, outside of a competition, w- before we return and to the competition. But then RSL plays another game that's inside another competition during the time that they're off, and they just got signed up for another competition a month after that. So when PK says the Dixie Cup and the, all these different things – He's not necessarily wrong, because RSL is playing this year in three different competitions, Adrian. Oh, fun. All within one season. Are they? Do they play those at Rio Tinto? Or yeah, so, yeah, so it was released that uh, RSL is going to host LAFC in the first round of, of the, the, or, well, the Lamar Hunt. The fourth of the fifth round, technically. Fourth round. Fourth round of the U.S. Lamar Super Hunt U.S. Open Cup. And this is the one where anybody can put a team together. You can together. put a team yeah. together and make, make a run the, at the, it. The, the team you should be rooting for is Orange County FC. Yep, they're going to be taking on the LA Galaxy at the SubHub Center, but they're like the smallest team remaining in the competition. So that's mm. like the, the, the last. This is a bunch of guys who got together to play a game. They're it, a semi-pro team. But, oh, okay. But they're these are these are dudes that have the soccer is their side gig. Oh, okay. Yeah. So credit to them. But then also the League's Cup was just announced. Okay. It'll be a competition between MLS and Liga MX, the league in Mexico. RSL will be facing six-time defending champion T-Grace at Rio Tinto Stadium on Pioneer Night, uh, July 24th. Pretty cool format, though. Eight teams, so four from each league squaring off and one champion. I think it would be interesting to check how that goes as well. So plenty of soccer coming up this summer at Rio Tinto. 
What do you think tonight? Who wins? Tonight? Is it tonight? It's New York? Th- five uh, o'clock. I, I, I'm interested to see the starting lineup for RSL because uh, you're, you're hoping that you're going to see guys like uh, Severino and uh, Bofo Saucedo back into the lineup because mm-hmm. that's where you really saw uh, the bulk of RSL's offensive talent coming in recent weeks. So mm-hmm. if they're in and they're healthy and uh, – <sighs> I, I, think th- I think they'd be, be able to manage a, a result, get a draw on the road. All right. Well, there you have it. And it's official. Liverpool, Champions uh, Champions League champions. All right. Liverpool gets it done. It's a uh, That's your five minutes of soccer. Catch Jay Catch's podcasts on uh, the Zone Sports Network. Locked mm-hmm. on Cougars, DJ and Yox Soccer Talk, and Salt City FC. Yep. Uh, Talon has the DNPCD podcast, correct, Talon? Yes. And where can you find that? Uh, we are we are on a bunch of the major streaming platforms: iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. Uh, uh, I'm s- suddenly spacing. I'm suddenly spacing what the other one is called. But uh, yeah, if you want to give us a listen, it's Stitcher, uh, we- Spotify, Spotify. Yes, okay. we are on Spotify. So uh, make sure you catch that. Talon uh, does a good job on that. They put out a about an episode a week, so make sure you yep. check out the DNPCD podcast, and you can find that on Twitter under the same name. Thank you, Talon. Thank you, Jake. We did it. Another week of soccer. Uh, We're here down at the Ashley Furniture Home Store.